please to uh, the book of Isaiah and the first chapter. In praying about today and this season, this time, I believe I'm impressed to begin a new series. And um, not that we exhausted the old one. We just uh, unhooked from there. There's always more, you know. But looking to the Lord and trusting Him to uh, give us what we need for right now. You know, um, uh, churches, pastors, and overseers, they need to cover many different areas, not just one or two. I mean, if you're, uh, you know, there are ministries that are called to emphasize a certain area, and they, they pretty much stay on that area. And that's, that's great. That's fine. But uh, as pastors of a church, you're not supposed to just stay on one or two things. Because uh, we need all areas. Yes. And the Word of God covers all areas. Amen. And I was impressed with this. And I believe there's great victory here. Will you believe with me concerning these things? So let's, uh, let's pray and release faith. Father, we thank you that you have given us so much already, and we seek your word, your spirit, your knowledge, your wisdom, your understanding, knowing that your truth makes us free, knowing that it's our protection and our healing and our help and our deliverance and our freedom and our prosperity. It enables us to please you and do your will. We agree together asking for utterance for this and for this time. Help us to find and to follow and to complete, fulfill exactly what you would say to us right now, what you would do in us, for us, through us. We say your will be done. Your will be done. And we purpose not to be forgetful hearers, hearers only, but to be doers, to allow your word to come into us and change us, change our lives, change what we do, change how we think, how we speak, how we act. By faith, we say it, we release it, we receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody said out loud, I'm a doer of the word. Not just a hearer only. I act on the word of God. And I am blessed. <laughs> I'm a doer. Only, only doers get results. Nobody else gets, gets results. Just those who do it. In Isaiah 1. Did you find it? Isaiah 1. In verse 2. He said, hear, O heavens... And give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. Did you notice that phrase? They have rebelled against me. The ox knows his owner, and the ass or donkey his master's crib. But Israel does not know, my people does not consider you ought to know who your God is. 
Is that right? You ought to know who your Lord is. You ought to know who your head is. And in verse 19, very familiar passage of scripture. If you be willing. And what? Now do you see why I read the first couple of verses. How the chapter starts off. He said I brought up children and they've rebelled against me. That's why here he's saying if you be willing and obedient. You shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel. You'll be devoured with the sword. The mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Verse 23, he keeps talking about this same thing. Your princes are rebellious. When leaders are rebellious and the people are rebellious. Companions of thieves, everyone loves gifts and they follow after rewards. Rebellious. After 30 some years in the ministry, I'm coming to this conclusion. That the biggest problem in the earth is rebellion. Period. That's it. When I first began in ministry, I thought the biggest problem was uh, ignorance. (laughs) Anybody remember Hosea? My people are destroyed. Put that up on the screen for us. What is that? 4-6. Hosea 4-6. Can you put that up for us? He said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And I, and I quoted that and I'd stop right there. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And I thought, well, that's, that's the main thing. People don't know. They haven't heard that they've been redeemed from the curse of the law. They haven't heard about faith. They haven't, that's, the biggest, that's the biggest problem. We just got to get everybody to find out. But after 30 years, I realized that's just not true. (laughs) Now, granted, there's a lot of ignorance. But uh, there's a reason why people remain ignorant. It's not that they didn't have opportunity. Come on, are you listening? (laughs) Many have heard. But they didn't receive it. Read the rest of the verse. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. What's the? That is not even a period. Why? Because you have what? Rejected knowledge. What was the real problem? Not, yes, it was ignorance. But why were they ignorant? We, we must look at the root causes instead of just the symptoms, instead of just the results. Look at, look at 119 again, Isaiah 119. If you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Has anybody ever quoted that verse? Have you ever? Hmm? <laughs> it's quiet in here. Let let me read some other translations of this. The the BBE, the basic English says, If you give ear to my word and do it, the good things of the land will be yours. Who are the good things of the land? 
of the nation, of the earth, of the country. Who are the good things for? The best. We talked about that, you know, a little bit on Celebration Sunday is uh, how good is God? Hmm? A lot of folks, they, they believe he's, you know, Ford Chevy good. But they don't believe he's Rolls Royce Bentley good. <laughs> they believe he's three bedroom, two bath good. But they don't believe he's 14 room. <laughs> Nine bath. 25 acre good. Huh? Six car garage. <laughs> they, they believe he's aluminum boat. 15 horsepower. Good. <laughs> but they don't believe he's 45 foot sea ray good. <laughs> Did I lose somebody? Well, these things are out there. Is that right? Million dollar pleasure boats, they're out there. Two hundred, three hundred thousand dollar cars, they're out there. Is that right? Twenty thousand dollar suits and dresses. Is that right? Ten thousand dollar watches. They're out there. Are they bad stuff? Or are they good stuff? Huh? Oh, you should see some of the looks I'm getting across the crowd. I'm just asking a question. Is that stuff out there or not? Who's it for? It's only for unbelievers? It's only for people who don't care about serving God? It's, is it? Did the Bible say God gives us richly? All things to enjoy. He takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Does it say things like that? Does it say if you be willing and obedient. You will eat. You will enjoy the what? Not to cheat. Not to wore out. The what? The good. The best. I know a lot of people don't believe it. But I'm glad I don't believe like they believe. Well, I don't believe it. Well, then don't be a hypocrite. Practice what you say you believe. Don't ever try to get anything nice. See, there's hypocrisy in this. Hypocrisy. Now, but notice what's connected to eating the good of the land. He mentions two things. What does he say? Willing at heart. At your heart. And not just willing and talk, but what? follow through do it obedient the CEV says if you willingly obey me the best crops in the land will be yours the easy to read says if you listen to what I say you'll get the good things from this land come on sit out loud if I listen to what he says I'll get the good things I'll get the good things. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. But if you refuse to listen and rebel against me, your enemies will destroy you. Is verse 20 just as true? Yes, sir. Is verse 19? Yes, sir. 
The Living Bible. Listen to this. If you only let me help you, the Living Bible, if you will only obey, then I'll make you rich. No, I didn't say that. Well, if you're enjoying the best of the land and the good of the land, people would call that rich. But if you keep turning your backs and refusing to listen to me, you'll be killed by your enemies. The message says, if you willingly obey, you'll feast like kings. If you're willful and stubborn, you die like dogs. Feast like kings. Die like dogs. Whose choice is it? What, what is, what's the choice you must make? To be willing and obedient versus rebelling, being stubborn, which would be unwilling, and disobedient. <clears throat> so that, that's Old Testament. Brother Key, I thought you might say that. Go to Ephesians. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. He said, Children, do what? Do what? Obey. Everybody say that word. Obey. Obey. <laughs> now, this. This is a politically incorrect word. Huh? Obey? Yep. <laughs> Obey? <laughs> Are we going to get into this or not? <laughs> Obey is something that th- this word and this concept has pretty much been taken out of families and Parents and children and, and, and all kind of situations. Why it, it, it's, it's too harsh. It's, 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 it's too demanding. It's, um, you know, do it if you want to. If you feel like it. Children, obey. <laughs> obey. <laughs> what does that mean? And sometimes people say, you know, don't ever say do it because I told you to. <laughs> why not? Why not say that? Amen. God does it to us every day. Yeah, On purpose, He doesn't tell us why. Yeah. It requires faith. He'll tell us, do this. And if you go, why? A lot of times you'll get nothing. And basically the answer is, because I told you to. <laughs> and if you trust me, you'll do it. Hmm. Children, obey your parents. Why? Well, because it's right. Do it because it's right. Verse 2, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Now, notice two, two different things going on here. Children. Somebody says, well, you know, I'm, I'm 40 years old and, and my parents are, are telling me what to do. You're not a child any longer. He said, children, obey your parents. But you are supposed to honor and respect, no matter how old you are. And notice, 
Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Why? There's a reason. That it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. Is this New Testament? Does this belong to us? It was, it was said in the Old Testament, but it's still true in the New Testament. God hasn't changed. These truths haven't changed. Our covenant has changed. Our, our relationship has changed. But he hasn't changed. And his principles haven't changed. Why obey? That it may be well with you. Does that sound similar to eating the good of the land? Because it is. It's the same idea. That it may be well with you. And not only eating the good of the land. But have a long time to do it. Long life. Long life. Let me read other, other translations of this. This is the promise. If you honor your father and mother, yours will be, the living Bible, yours will be a long life full of blessing. A long life full of blessing. Not just a long life, but a, a good life. And a long life. And what's it connected to? To? Obedience. It starts off by saying obey. Obey. Like I said, I'm convinced now after a number of years of ministry that the big problem in the world is not ignorance. It's not lack of opportunity. It's rebellion. It's the same problem that has been throughout history. It's the same problem that has been before we got here. It's the same, it occurred with the angels. It occurred with Lucifer. It has occurred with mankind. Over and over and over again, God's creation, not just men, God's creation has rebelled against him and defied him and become stubborn and obstinate and refused to do what he said. And the only thing that follows that is destruction. Oh, but there are some. Some that have chosen to be willing. Huh? To not be a rebellious child. He said, I brought up children and they rebelled against me. Somebody say, not me, not me, not me. By the grace of God, not me. People have the idea that, you know, everybody has to go through a rebellious stage. Children have to go through a rebellious stage. Of course, all teenagers have to go through a rebellious stage. That's a lot. That's a total lot. And, you know, I mean, if it was just a phase, why don't people grow out of it? <laughs> right? I mean... You see folks they are 60 years old and they got just as much stinky attitude as when they were 13. I mean, it, they, they never grew out of it. They never changed. And it has cost them dearly. They quit jobs they shouldn't have quit. They jumped out of relationships they shouldn't have jumped out of. Hmm? They left churches they shouldn't have left. Come on, are you with me? Why? Defiance. Rebellion, disobedience. This is the nature 
of the devil himself. Jesus said, do you remember? He said, come and learn about me. Anybody remember? Matthew 11. Put it up on the screen for us. What is 11, 28 or so? Jesus said, come and learn of me. Because I am what? Come you meet that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Verse 29. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. For I am what? Meek and lowly in heart. And you'll find rest unto your souls. Uh, the, the way of the transgressor is hard. There is no rest to the defiant and rebellious and disobedient. You can have your say. You can throw your stuff down. You can walk. You can tell people you're not going to put up with it and take it. Then what? Then what? You get home. Jobless. Moneyless. You've left the church. You told them where to get off. So? How did that change the world? Who did it hurt more than you? Friend, instead of trying to be so analytical about things, identify the spirit of a thing. There's a right spirit. There's a wrong spirit. There's the spirit of Jesus. Hallelujah. Humble. Hmm? Easy to be entreated. Kind. Jesus is the perfect father pleaser. He completely submitted to the will of God. And every day of his life, he obeyed the father's every direction. Is that right? You don't see him demanding his rights. I'm going to say that again. You don't see him demanding his rights. He said, I didn't come down from heaven to do my own will. But the will of him that sent me. I always do what pleases him, Jesus said. Hmm? The Bible said in Hebrews, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience. Jesus? Yes. By the things that he suffered, he was willing to endure suffering, whatever it took, to obey the Father. Is that your heart? Is that your desire? The devil, on the other hand, look what kind of spirit we're talking about. Unthankful. God, God created him an amazing being. He gave him an amazing place. That wasn't enough for him. He wants more. He wants to take what's not his. He wants to try to be God. Can you see it? Defiant, rebellious, and even convinced a number of the angels to go with him. They must have thought their rebellion could be successful. That's dumb. They must have thought so. But they have not been, and they won't be. But what the devil has been successful in is permeating the earth with the spirit of rebellion. Now, this is not just my idea. Where where are you? 
You're still in Ephesians 6? Uh, go with me in Ephesians. Back to the second chapter. Ephesians 2. I believe the Lord would help us to identify this wrong spirit. And stop yielding to it. People have been taught wrong. People have been brought up wrong. Are you with me? People have been taught rebellion as children. And you don't need much teaching. <laughs> Your flesh is ready to rebel. Hmm? Tell people what you're not going to do. What you're not going to take. The spirit of it is the spirit of the devil. He's rebelled against God. In Ephesians 2, are you there? First verse. You has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 calls the devil the god of this world. And he describes it further, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. There's a spirit of rebellion and defiance and disobedience over the whole earth. Do you think that, that statement's wrong? Hmm? What do you see everywhere you look? Hmm? Defiance. Disobedience. Hmm? What's, what's uncommon is to tell somebody something to do, and they just do it. <laughs> no backtalk. No excuses. No attitude. Do it with a smile. That's uncommon. Isn't it? Do this. Yes, sir. Be glad to. Why? People rebel for no reason. They just, I don't feel like it. That sullen attitude that nobody tells me what to do is devilish. Is anybody listening? Are you awake? Do you want to be like the devil? I'm looking around. Who wants to be like the devil? Raise your hand. Who wants to be? Don't raise your hand. Who wants to be like Jesus? Raise your hand. How is Jesus? Meek, humble, lowly of heart, completely submitted to the Father, completely obedient. Is he? Was he? Is he? Yes. Instead of trying to analyze all the details, just learn the spirit of it. You can detect the spirit of rebellion and disobedience in half a word. Can't you? In the way somebody shuts a door. Huh? In the way somebody pulls out a chair. 
I'll do it. <laughs> You're acting like the devil. And we're not pointing any fingers. Because you've done some of it. And I've done some of it. But let's stop it. Let's absolutely. How, I mean, do you want to go from being, you know, a lot like the devil to just a little like the devil? How about not at all? Not at all. Not at all. Like this evil enemy of ours. Uh, the further I go, I, I, I sense the Father, the Creator, He's just had all of this He ever wants to have. He, he hates pride. I'm quoting Scripture. He doesn't hate people, but He hates pride. And you need to hate what He hates. Right? And there's reasons why. Because it has brought, all you got to do is look around. It has brought pain. It has brought destruction. Hasn't it? This one rebelling against this one. And this one rebelling and defying this one. And then they have to fight over it. And then they kill each other over it. And it goes on and on and on. Generation after generation. If all the inhabitants of the planet would just stop. And acknowledge God. And submit to him and do what he told them to do. Our problems would be over. All of our problems would be over. All of our problems would be over. But that's not going to happen. Not as long as things are the way they are now. It's not going to happen. Even when Satan is removed for a thousand years. He's released a little bit afterwards. And you know the first thing he does is goes stirs up a rebellion. Is that right? And the Lord has to deal with it. And, and he, takes, he takes it all out. Oh, hallelujah, the world to come. Being in glory with Jesus. You're not going to have one rebellious person living next to you. Not one. You won't have one fight about what they're doing in their yard versus what you're doing in your yard <laughs> or your place. Not one. No rebellion. Why? Submission to the will of God. Not just what I want, what you want, not my way and your way, but with everybody. His way. His way. And His way is the right way. And his way is the best way. And the good way. And if you'll go his way. You'll eat the good. Hallelujah. If you don't go his way. You'll be eaten. That's what that word means. There's a play on the words. If you're willing and obedient. You'll consume. One translation says. The good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel. You'll be consumed. By the sword. By the enemy. Eat the good or be eaten. Be consumed by the enemy. Do we need mind renewal though? Do you suppose we, there, there's some wrong thinking and, and learned 
responses and, and attitude that we need to get rid of. What, what do you think? Hmm? What about the rest of you? You don't, you don't like this message? You're not rebelling, are you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let, let's go back to where everything went wrong. Back in the beginning. Back in the book of Genesis. Back where the wheels fell off. <laughs> in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And everything that he made was good. Is that what the scripture said? Everything he made. Now, you know, uh, we were just out, out west, like I said, this week. And we saw uh, different parts of the Rocky Mountains and and, and flying over them too. It's, it's just amazing to see what God has done. But it's all in a fallen, cursed state. And yet it still retains a lot of its, its beauty. And the earth, the Romans says, is groaning and travailing. That's why all of the earthquakes and the storms and the tsunamis, none of that is the original uh, creation. None of that. It's the result of sin. Rebellion and the curse that followed. You know, it, it, it irritates me to hear people blame God for tornadoes. That's just lying on our Father. It is. Now, you know, sometimes God has appeared in a whirlwind, nobody got hurt, everybody got enlightened. God has appeared, God has manifested in an earthquake. Not one house fell down. Nobody got killed. The only thing that happened, everybody's chains fell off. Now that's some earthquake. That's a God quake. <laughs> but no, if it's killing people, if it's hurting people, if it's destroying people, it's not God. Amen. Don't let Amen. some religious bunch tell you otherwise. Amen. Don't you let them do that. No, it's a trick of the enemy. Right. He wants you to believe that so that you feel hard at God. So that you pull away from God. Because of all these things you don't understand. People have done it by the millions. God's, if God's out to hurt us, we might as well just lay down right now. We're done for. God's not out. He's never been our problem. He's our answer. He's our protection. He's our help. Quit believing these lies. God didn't take your child from you. God didn't take your friend from you. God did not cause that car. I wonder what purpose he had. It was not his will. I said it was not his will. Cars crashing. People getting killed and dying. Not the will of God. Now, if they're believers, they're in heaven. Hallelujah. But don't tell me that wreck was the will of God. No. Do you know why I'm so strong about it? People are being deceived all over the planet, believing these lies and being robbed. If you believe it might be God's will to do these things to you, you're not even going to believe for protection against them. 
Lest you be trying to oppose the will of God. If you believe that tornado was sent by God, you dare not go to the storm shelter. Just stand there and go, okay. Here it comes. If you believe the wrecks of God, don't even try to avoid it. If you believe the cancers of God, you dare not go to the doctor. And try to get, see, see, there's confusion, hypocrisy in all these things. The reason I talk about it is because because of these things, believing these things, many have quit God. I've had people look at me in the face and go, well, if that's the kind of God he is, you'll never see me at church again. I didn't tell them those things. Somebody else told them those things. Quit God. Well, they believe lies. That defiance came up. The enemy is always trying to turn you against God. Don't let him do it. Don't believe his lies. He's always trying to get you, just like he did with the angels those long ago. He's trying to get you, just like he did with Adam and Eve, trying to get you to quit God, to turn against God, to rebel against God, to disobey God. I'm night and day. I wish it wasn't true, but it's true. He's always trying to influence you that way. Subtly or more strongly, but always. Have you made up your mind? That God's not your problem. And you're not against him. Genesis 2. 15. The Lord God took the man. And put him in the garden of Eden. To dress it. And keep it. And it was. By all accounts. An amazing place. It was never too hot. It was never too cold. Perfect. The atmosphere was perfection. We have reason to believe that everything has changed. The atmosphere, gravity itself, uh, the pressure of the air, everything. It's why we have so many difficulties. We, the curse changed everything. But before that, it was perfection. Everything was good. There were, there were no, nothing that would hurt you. You could run through the jungle barefoot and never step on a thorn. And if you saw a lion, you just tell him what you want him to do. <laughs> nothing to be afraid of. Nothing that hurts and harms. You know Isaiah prophesies it'll be that way again. The lion will lay down with the lamb. Remember, it's going to be that way again. All of the violence that is in the earth, including the violence in the animal kingdom. It's not the way God created it to start with. Animals tearing each other apart, that was never how God created them. The Bible said in the future, the lion is going to eat uh, grass, straw. Vegetarian, I guess. I don't believe that. Wait and see. The Bible's true. Is that right? Bible is true. Violence is the result of the rebellion of man. Keep reading. The Lord God commanded the man, verse 16, of every tree in the garden you may freely eat, but 
of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. For in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. This is not complicated. This is not hard to understand. What should be our response when the Lord says something to us like this? Don't eat of this tree. Hmm? You should obey. Everybody say obey. Obey, except, unless, but not if. See, that this is... <laughs> you ever heard people say this? Well, I, I usually submit. <laughs> but on this now, <laughs> I usually go along, and, I, and they probably wouldn't use the word obey, but they'd imply it. But on this, well, there's an exception. An exception. In chapter 3 verse 1. The serpent was most, more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman. Yea has God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Stop. The one thing. He told them not to do. Is what the enemy comes to talk to them. About doing. That. Why that? Friend, it has not changed. The the one thing the Lord tells you to do, immediately, there will begin to come reasons and suggestions and logic and reasonings about why not to do that. The one thing, he just got through telling you, do this or don't do this. And that will be the very thing. That you'll begin to be tempted to disobey. And we'll get to this I believe at some point. But it's not just about doing or not doing. It's about trusting. Or not trusting. That's why this is so serious. You disobey because you disbelieve. You'll obey even when you don't understand because you trust, because you believe. It's not just about physically doing or not doing a thing. It's about trusting or not trusting. Hallelujah. The woman said, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it. Well, if God says you shall not eat of it, what? What? You shall not eat of it. Don't touch it. Lest you die. He didn't say don't touch it. How do you know? How do you know? We don't have a record of everything that was said. They, They communed every afternoon. How many think if you shouldn't eat it, it's a good idea not to touch it? Right? You don't get close to it. If you're not close enough to touch it, you're not close enough to eat. Sound like a good idea to me. Verse 4. And the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. This is a complete contradiction of what God told them. 
And the devil, the Bible said, is the father of lying. He fathered it. There was no lying until the devil started it. (laughs) Think about that. There was no, no deception. There was no phoniness. There was no falseness until the devil started it. The Bible said he, uh, when, when, when God created the being that became the devil, he said he was perfect in all his ways until iniquity was found or discovered in him. The devil took what God gave him and twisted it into what he is today. Lying, deceiving, disobedient rebel. Now, I, I know this may not make you just want to run the aisles right now, but is it important? Yes. Do we need to think about these things? Yes. Is the world full of rebellion? Yes. Are you going with the world? No. What did he say? He said, no, you, you're not going to die. Well, you know the story. For whatever reasons, in their minds, they decided to ignore what God had told them so clearly and disobey Him. They decided to not believe God. They couldn't have disobeyed Him without not believing Him. Can you see this? And in in doing so, they rejected His Word. They rejected him and chose to believe this one, this liar deceiver, and chose to trust what he said. Very serious. Not not a simple mistake. Oops, I got something from the wrong tree. No, 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 no. (laughs) And notice, the Lord God called to Adam after they had eaten, and he said, where are you? Because he had hid himself. He said, I heard your voice in the garden, verse 10. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, who told you you were naked? You've been okay all this time. Up till now. What changed? Have you eaten of the tree whereof I commanded you that you should not eat? This is where it all went wrong. Hmm? And this is where it all goes wrong in every individual's life. We've been in ministry long enough now to begin to see patterns. Patterns. And I don't care how badly you've messed up. God can forgive you and and restore you. Do you believe that? I don't care. How terrible, how low you got. But if you stiffen your neck and you harden your heart and you refuse to listen and refuse to do, you put yourself in a place where even God himself can't help you. I know that's a giant statement. But you study it out and see if it's not true. Why? Because he's not going to make you submit. He's not going to make you be willing. He's not going to make you obey. And so until you're willing to repent and humble yourself and obey, 
You forfeit grace. You fail of the grace of God. The New Testament uses that phrase. He said, did you do what I told you not to do? This is one of the saddest verses in the Bible. Isn't it? Did you do what I told you not to do? And he didn't just say, yeah. He said, that woman you gave me. So you, you can you can you can see the nature of the enemy already influencing him, blaming others instead of taking responsibility. Come on, can you see this? Adam has changed. He's changed just since he disobeyed God. And, and and friend, this happens with everybody. If you disobey God, you start changing. Not good either. You start becoming harder. Yeah. Hmm? Yes, sir. You start becoming defensive yeah. and shirking responsibility right. and blaming others. See, the, we were talking about identifying the spirit of disobedience, the spirit of rebellion. Hmm? What happened? Well, I don't know. What's it to you? That's devilish. What did you did you do the thing you weren't supposed to do? What are you talking to me for? What you gonna talk to them? Yeah. Nobody would help me, friend. You, if you do that, you're in a place where you forfeit grace. And without grace, without the help of God, you're stuck. You'll stay there, and it'll get worse. And worse, and you get to where you hate the whole world. And you believe that nobody's helped you, everybody's forsaken you, and let you down, and treated you wrong, and taken advantage of you, and it's everybody's fault why my life is such a mess, except me. And as long as you, as long as you believe that and like that, you're stuck. You will not get delivered. You will not come out. God, resist the proud. Oh, but if you humble yourself. I said, if you humble yourself and acknowledge the truth, I didn't do what I was told to do. I repent. Hmm? I should have done what I was told to do. (laughs) What you hear throughout modern societies, nobody tells me what to do. (laughs) nobody tells me what to do then you're a lot like the devil nobody tells him what to do (laughs) he doesn't take anything from anybody including God nobody tells him what to do I don't want to be like the devil I said I don't want to be like the devil I'm not like the devil. I'm created in the likeness and image of God. I'm like my big brother. I'm like my Lord and Master. He's meek, lowly of heart, completely submitted to God, completely obedient. 
Did Jesus do what he was told to do by the Father, by the Spirit, every day of his life? Did he say, not my will, not what I want, but what you, did he do it every day of his life? Exactly what he was told. That's not a bad thing, doing what you're told. God speaks to you. We'll get to this at some point, I believe. He speaks to you directly by His Spirit, by His Word. He also speaks to you through people. And and through your leaders. As when you're young, your parents, you're supposed to listen to them. As you get a little older, you're supposed to show respect to your, your teachers, your coaches. You're supposed to show respect to your employer. Hmm? That's their place. Hmm? You ought to do it their way. They're paying you to do it their way. Let me go over here and talk about that a little more too. <laughs> well, I don't think it ought to be that way. Well, have your own. Start your own company. Don't stay there and be rebellious and cause them trouble. Hmm? Of course, if the Lord didn't tell you to go start your own company, it's a rebellious company. <laughs> when you started it. But I don't, like the, I don't like that church. I don't like the way they do it. I don't like the way it preaches. Don't stay there and cause trouble. Hmm? If you haven't been faithful in that which is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? Jesus said. Hmm? The the Lord taught Phyllis and I that we had the privilege of serving with Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr. and Miss Aretha for 20 plus years. And uh, early on, he, he helped us to see that. I'm so thankful that he did. I'm not claiming we did everything perfect. Don't misunderstand me. But, you know, we grew up in the country and had vegetables and all these kind of things. And, and, and we found ourselves, uh, Phyllis did, we talked about this before at their house one time. And, and uh, Phyllis was going to help prepare the meal at the Hagen's house. And, and Brother Hagen come in and she was peeling a tomato. And he, tomato, and I said it Arkansas style, tomato. <laughs> or just mater. Yeah. Um <laughs> For you northern folks, we're talking about tomatoes. Uh, <laughs> I can say it right if I need to. Uh, and Brother Hagin came by, and, and of course, we've grown acres of tomatoes. We put up tomatoes, and we're country folks. And he said, no, not like that, not like that. And he showed her, and, and it was different. And, and uh, so uh, she, we talked about that. She said, uh, uh, he corrected me on, on, on that uh, tomato. I said, well... Dear, I said, uh, it's his tomato. <laughs> Is that right? I mean, when we're at home, we can, we can cut our tomato ever how we want to. But it's Brother Hagin's tomato. So it ought to be sliced, diced, peeled the Brother Hagin way. Why not? Why not? Why are you going to stand in somebody else's kitchen? Tell them how to do their tomato. That's a little bit of devilishness about you. Hmm? If they're paying you to do something at their place, you should do it their way. Their way. 
And if you don't want to, there's something wrong with, with, with what you're doing, how you're thinking. Well, I don't think that's the best way. Well, that really has nothing to do with it. <laughs> I think that's a waste. I think that's a this. Well, that's not, it's not your choice. It's not your tomato. Right? And if you'll be faithful with another man's tomato, the Lord will give you your own tomato and you can slice or dice her ever how you think is good. And if you go far enough, you'll have enough tomatoes, you'll need somebody else to help you slice and dice them and then you're going to want them to slice them your way. Is that right? And you will only get that if you sowed doing it their way, then you will reap people doing it your way. So we say, well, I think we ought to do it the Lord's way. Well, that's just great. But who gets to say what that is? <laughs> people use that as an excuse for defiance. Well, the Lord told me, so I can't do what you said. Oh, that's mighty convenient, isn't it? Every time it comes time to, do, to submit or obey, the Lord told me something else. You're the only one hears from the Lord. No. The Lord is not telling you how somebody else is supposed to do the thing they're over. He's not giving you more direction than the one he put over it. And, and all of us will encounter, Phyllis and I have many times, and all, if you follow the Lord all the way, you will encounter situations where you will run right into your own rebellion. And oh, it's not nice, it's not fun, but it needs to die. You need to bite your lip and not say one thing negative, say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. We'll take care of it and smile. I don't care if you have to take some toothpicks and poke up your, the corners of your mouth. You go, yes, we will do that. It, it, it needs that, that flesh defiance needs to die. It's not easy. But it needs to happen. If you don't want to have anything devilish about you. Well, this is different today now, isn't it? <laughs> hmm? He said, uh, did you eat of the tree? I told you not to eat of. He said, well, that woman you gave me, she gave, she gave it to me, and, and I did eat it. And he looked at the woman. He said, is that right? Well, what have you done? And she said, you know that serpent, that serpent, sorry, rascal. And the Lord said to the serpent, and the serpent looked around, nobody to point to. <laughs> he said, because you have done this, you're cursed. You're cursed. And this is where the curse went out over all the earth. Everything. We have no idea how beautiful, how perfect everything was because that's when it all fell down. The atmosphere was changed. Plant life was changed. Animal life was changed. It must have been awful to know how it was. 
and see what it became. That must have been terrible. All we've ever known is how it is now. What made it this way, saints? Help me out. Help me out. What got it this way? Rebellion and disobedience. Why? Because they did not trust God to do what he said. We can't throw any rocks because all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What does that mean? All of us have defied, become defiant, didn't do what we were told, did what we were told not to do. All of us have done it. Oh, but thank God, because of the mercy of the Lord, provision was made that the rebellious and the disobedient might become the redeemed. Oh, can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Romans 5. Go look at it in in closing, I think, here. Romans 5, verse 19. Romans 5, 19. For as by one man's disobedience, talking about Adam, many were made sinners. Disobedience. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, disobedience messed it all up. Oh, but obedience fixed everything. Hallelujah. Fixed everything. (laughs) You might say, man, I I have been so stubborn and hard-headed. I have messed up so many things. Yep, but obedience can fix it. It's not too late. It's not too far gone. Humble yourself. Begin to be willing to obey. And instead of wrestling and fussing and fighting, when he tells you, do it. When he tells you, do it. When he tells you don't do it, don't do it. And through, just like disobedience has made a mess of things, through obedience, the grace of God can flow into your life. And restore and change and give you favor and help and cause provision to flow. The disobedience of sin is not greater than the obedience of faith. Romans talks about this. The obedience of faith is greater than the disobedience that messed everything up. Jesus' obedience is greater than man, Adam, and Eve's disobedience. And hallelujah, our obedience can be greater than our past failures and disobedience. All that can be under the blood in the past. We can put it behind us. And everybody might have looked at you and thought of you as the most obstinate knucklehead they had ever seen. But just in a short amount of time, they can be marveling at how like Jesus you have become. How kind, how submitted to God, how respectful, how obedient, how faithful. And the blessings will follow. I said the blessings will follow if you're willing, if you're obedient, you will drive the good of the land. You will wear the good of the land. You will live in the good of the land. Come on, you believe it? The Bible said the rebellious will dwell in a dry place. Oh, but those who are willing and obedient, I believe this is Bible. I believe it's true. Do you believe it's true? If you're not experiencing the good of the land, 
check up because the Bible is true. Is that right? He said, if you're willing and obedient, you will. You shall eat the good of the land. Somebody say, I believe it. I believe it. And I choose to be willing and obey. Stand on your feet, everybody. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.